Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Coming up next on the Leverboard Sailing Podcast. I basically, over the course of two years, I think I had about six or seven different sailing instructors and it was just, it was all challenging. I honestly just struggled a lot. And so basically my early sailing lessons were all just a huge amount of yelling. And what I quickly realized is that's what a lot of people's experience learning how to sail. You have these older gentlemen that you know what, they're amazing sailors. They have a lifetime of experience, but the challenge is, do they really know how to teach? And do they need know how to help people embark on their own sailing journeys? Welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Annika. On the Liverboard Sailing Podcast, I chat with awesome people who live, work, and travel on their sailboats. My guests share inspiring stories and real-life advice about the lifestyle so that you and I can be better prepared for our sailing adventures. If you have been thinking about learning to sail by doing some sailing courses, then you don't want to miss this episode. I'm talking with someone whose business it is to help others embark on their sailing journeys. And I get to ask questions like, how can I prepare for a sailing course? And what most students find difficult to learn? My guest is Tim Geisler from Nautilus Sailing, who shares his story of how he and his wife were faced with adversity and really needed to rethink their life. And then they came up with an idea of starting a different kind of sailing school. Tim is passionate about sailing and teaching, and you can hear this in his stories. We also talk about the benefits of certifications and what's it like to sail on the Nautilus Liveaboard courses. Here is my chat with Tim. Tim, thank you for joining me today. And why don't we get started by, well, let's get started from the beginning. How did you learn to sail? Excellent. Well, Annika, it's just a, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be here on the show with you today. I'm excited. Um, lots to talk about. Yeah. How did I get started? 
with sailing. Um, my parents were super adventurous um, early on, global nomads. So they had traveled all over the world. They actually met in Lebanon um, when they were in their, te in their late teens. Um, I grew up in Spain and Morocco, and a big part of our family culture was just traveling, just a love of traveling and exploring. So when we were in Morocco, we would head up to Europe, spend our summers exploring Europe, and grew up exploring Portugal and Switzerland and France and Italy. And so there was always this culture growing up of just loving to travel and seeing new places and meeting new people and experiencing new cultures and tasting new foods. And so that was something that was always a real just part of my childhood and a part of who I was. Um, I went to school in Southern California uh, when I was 18. And um, while I was there, uh, one of my passions became surfing. So just fell in love with surfing, loved being out in the ocean, riding waves. And so started traveling with friends to surf around the world. And we would do trips down to Costa Rica and Mexico and things like that. And um, just, just loved traveling through that whole time. Um, it was interesting at this point in my life, I honestly had a very interesting perception of sailing. And I think it's it's probably a perception that a lot of people have where I honestly pictured a bunch of older white men in their blazers, you know, sitting around a yacht club, sipping gin and tonics. Or I pictured, uh, you know, some guys sitting in a little tiny 12 foot dinghy just bobbing around with no wind in the middle of some big harbor. Or I pictured, you know, somebody just sitting there buffing the teak on their beautiful wooden boat. And so I, that, that's kind of what I thought sailing was. So sailing had never even crossed my radar. Um, I just, I, I didn't really know what it was. I was like, eh, didn't quite seem for me. Didn't seem very exciting. If I was honest, it probably seemed a little boring. And so I, that was kind of my experience with sailing. Never sailed before, didn't know much about it. And I went to the Bahamas when I was in my early 20s to do a uh, scuba diving course. So I did a course out there, just had a blast learning how to scuba dive, spent the whole week just having an amazing time. It was just a really unique experience. And it was crazy because the last day of our trip, they said, hey, you guys finished early. How about we take you guys all out on a sailboat for a day just for an excursion? I was like, sure, I've never sailed and know nothing about it. So we got on this beautiful wooden, probably about a 45 foot sailboat, full sails. We're just flying across these turquoise water that's 15 feet deep. We anchor off this picture perfect white sand little island. And I'm just sitting there thinking, wow, this is beautiful. And that's kind of when the light bulb went off and I'm like, wow, this sailing thing, it's not quite what I pictured. This is pretty cool. This is amazing. And so I really, uh, it was just, it was that single event that for me was just a catalyst. And I went home to Southern California. And I'm like, I got to learn how to sail. This is amazing. I can buy a boat and maybe I can sail off to Tahiti and surf beautiful waves and spearfish. And maybe I can explore the, the world on a sailboat. So I didn't know about cruisers, didn't know about any of that, but just thought this sailing thing is pretty cool. And so, yeah, that was kind of the, the, the what got me hooked on sailing early on and went back to Southern California and uh, took a sailing course there, went every Sunday for two to three hours um, and kind of for about two years. And we'd show up at the boat and we'd get the boat ready, go out, learn how to sail, come back. And then after that, my wife and I joined a local sailing club and we would uh, rent boats and just spend evenings and weekends sailing and just really got into it. But yeah, that, that, that day in the Bahamas was, was the big, was the life-changing thing for me. Yeah, well, I don't blame you. That sounds like that would uh, convert anyone to sailing. <laughs> what, what a great experience to get started and get a real lifestyle um, or insight into the lifestyle and, and sailing in general. Clearly not what you thought it was before. So, okay, so you, you get into sailing, you understand what it's about now. There's a, you know, it's attractive now. You get into it with your wife. You know, then a few years go by and here you are running a sailing school. So... Fill in that gap. How did we get into this 
And how, how and why did you decide to start nautical sailing? Is it because you had amazing teachers yourself or is it the opposite that, no, I think I could do this better? <laughs> Great question. Yeah. So it was interesting. The journey from that first sailing lesson to actually um, starting a sailing school and um, doing that kind of as our livelihood and just as our passion, it was a long journey. So the interesting thing is, you know, I came back from this trip in the Bahamas. Um, went down to our local sailing school in Southern California, signed up. And unfortunately, my first experiences learning how to sail were not the best. The first time I was on the boat, we had this gentleman walk down the boat and he was just an old, crusty, salty sailor guy, probably in his 70s, you know, had the huge beard and sun-crusted, weather-beaten face and a uh, nice guy, knew a ton about sailing, but he had no idea how to teach. So the first time I was ever on the boat, I was with two other young gals roughly my age and oh my goodness he just yelled at us don't touch that you know that's the main sheet don't grab that and it was just this was learning how to sail and so we all three of us were just in constant fear of like uh what do i touch what do i do and so basically our my early sailing um, lessons were all just a huge amount of yelling and what i quickly realized is um that's that's what a lot of people's experience learning how to sail you have these older gentlemen that you know what they're amazing sailors they have a life a lifetime of experience but the challenge is do they really know how to teach and do they know how to communicate that 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 efficiently to people and do they need know how to help people embark on their own sailing journeys and so i basically over the course of two years um i think i had about six or seven different sailing instructors and it was just, it was all challenging. I honestly just struggled a lot because had some, they knew a lot of things, but they struggled to convey that information. And then my kind of our, my, my final, final, uh, not test, but uh, we, uh, to, to do your ASA 104 certification, which is the, the bare boat charter certification. That's the one everybody wants because as soon as you have that, you can travel internationally and start um, renting boats. Um, to do that one, I had to do a weekend trip out to Catalina with an instructor and a couple of other students. And we had to spend a weekend on the boat. And so I was all excited about this. And so got out there and we anchored, we dropped the anchor. And the first thing I said is, oh, there's a fishing rod on board. Can I fish? And the, the gentleman who was my instructor said, no, we, we, we don't fish on boats. Too messy, too bloody. Why would you want to do that? We don't fish on boats. And I was like, oh, oh okay. And uh, so I was looking for other things to do. And I said, well, we've got, we've got a dinghy. Can we lower the dinghy? Can I go explore over there and go into the beach? He said, no, no, it's too much hassle. He's like, just, just sit on the boat. I'm like, oh, okay. And so <laughs> this was kind of my experience learning how to sail where it was just like, it wasn't quite what I pictured. Um, and so uh, at the time, it was interesting. At the time, I was actually a, um, an elementary school teacher in inner city Los Angeles. So I taught students how to, you know, from kindergarten all the way up to fourth grade. I was a classroom teacher. Um, I actually had a master's degree in education. Um, I was a very successful teacher and I actually trained other teachers. So I was considered a master teacher that helped people, uh, new teachers embark on their sailing journey or not their sailing journeys, on their teaching journeys. Um, and so I was coming at this from an educational background and I knew what it meant to be a good teacher and to be able to meet your students with how their different learning styles and how how to give them a safe and exciting learning environment and all those things. And so I, I completely realized that, wow, the sailing education thing, it, it, it really, it, it's not doing a very good job, right? It, it, it's missing the education component, which is what I have. So kind of forgot about that, went on to do other things. Um, I actually 
Uh, worked in international project management for about five or six years after that. I helped run a big international nonprofit. Love that. And my wife and I sailed avidly around the world. Every chance we had, we would do charters, but really never kind of gave sailing education a second thought. And then uh, in 2008, when the global economy kind of crashed, and specifically, you know, here in the States, just with the, 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 the housing market and the subprime mortgages and all that, um, the, the, the company I worked for went under. And so we, my wife and I had just a crazy month where, you know, I lost my job. And in the same month, um, we found out the house we were building, our contractor had gone way over budget. So we lost our house. We had just everything, the world kind of started crumbling around us. And so we kind of decided, hey, you know what, let's stop. Let's take a second and let's regroup and see, think about what we want next in our lives. And at that point, we spent a lot of time making checklists and just trying to think about the future. And one of the things that we kept coming back to was the fact that, you know what, the best times we have every year together are on sailboats. We just love and cherish those times where we are together as a family on a sailboat for a week at a time, just far from the crowds, exploring new places. We just, we loved it. And during that time, I read a really interesting quote um, from Mark Twain, and he said, make your vacation your vocation. So yeah, so that quote was just really inspiring to us. Like, you know what, if our favorite vacations every year are learning how to sail, what, what could we do in that realm? And that's when, you know, I thought back to my learning how to sail experience and thought, hey, we have an educational background. My wife was also a teacher at the time. Um, and we thought, why, why don't we try starting a sailing school that's a little bit different? How about we start a sailing school that really focuses on amazing teachers that can really help people successfully embark on their sailing journeys? Um, and then the other thing we thought about is the way that most people learn how to sail is you go to a local coastal city and you go for a year or two and you go every weekend for a couple hours, kind of like we did. And, you know, that works great if you live in San Diego or you live, you know, in Fort Lauderdale. But what about people that live in Colorado or people that live in Montana or people that live in Ottawa or wherever you live, right? How, how are you supposed to learn how to sail? And so at the time, um, these, these live aboard sailing courses were really new and not many people did them. And so, but it was a, it was a way of doing an intense course where you could get away for a week's vacation and learn how to sail. And so we really thought, hey, this could really all come together. We could help people with amazing teachers, but we could also give people just an incredible vacation and adventure. And we could do an intensive course for these people that are landlocked so that they can learn how to sail. So that was kind of how Nautilus Sailing was born. I love how that it combines your, you know, your passion and your interest for sailing and also your knowledge and experience in education. And you kind of eventually managed to bring these two passions of yours uh, and combine them. So and of course, that was perhaps fueled by your own experiences, just learning the sale by being yelled at and, and being told to sit quiet and not ask questions. <laughs> so, so not exactly what I picture a sailing course to be. So tell me then, what have you done? What is the typical Nautilus liveaboard sailing course like, or maybe a typical day? How do you, how have you taken your background and your experience uh, and turned that into, I guess, a different kind of a product? Uh, we really wanted to focus on these week-long intensive liveaboard courses, and we, we really got the idea from the aviation world. And so our courses um, are pretty intense. We cover a lot of material, but we do it in a fun and adventurous way as well. So our courses, people usually typically fly in on a Saturday, and you fly out the, the following Saturday. We know that people are busy nowadays. You know Who has a year to two years to learn how to sail? So we want to get it done quickly. 
um, but thoroughly. And so if people show up on a Saturday, we welcome them aboard the boat. And then each day, it's from seven in the morning to about three in the afternoon. You're, we're usually busy with some facet of sailing. So usually we start off and we do briefings and checklists in the morning. Everyone, we're, we're training people to basically be the captain of their own vessel. So we have what's called a captain for the day and they get a chance to do all the checklists, check all the systems, check all the engines, check everything aboard. And then we'll go into a time of a theory session where we're focusing on, on learning something like, hey, how do you troubleshoot your diesel engine? You know, how sail trim, how do you get perfect sail trim? How how do you do navigation? What's the latest software for navigation? So we'll do a couple hours of theory session and then we set sail. And the really cool thing, Annika, just about our classroom is we do these courses in just beautiful cruising grounds where people are getting a chance to sail between all these islands. So, you know, usually by 10 o'clock in the morning, we're casting off the dock lines or pulling up the anchor and we're setting sail for the next island. And as we're doing that, then we're learning how to sail, working on sail trim, working on raising and lowering the anchor. Maybe we'll stop an anchor for in a beautiful bay for lunch go for a swim, maybe we'll pick up a mooring ball, and then we set off in the afternoon and we sail to another anchorage. And again, we're doing all kinds of drills on the way. We love giving students challenges like, okay, there's an island over there, can you guys circumnavigate that? Completely under sail on your own. And so we're really just helping them build their confidence and their skills operating and sailing a boat. And then usually uh, by three o'clock in the afternoon, we're done. And the beautiful thing is that's when the fun really starts. We want to give people a taste of the sailing and cruising lifestyle. And so a big part of our courses is what is it like, you know, if you're living on your own boat or cruising or chartering for a week at a time? So three o'clock, we love to go out for a paddleboard session across, you know, a beautiful lagoon, go snorkeling over a really neat reef. Um, if there's a little beach bar on the beach in the Caribbean, there's lots of places with great beach bars. Go in, grab a drink, hang out. Um, we love to go spearfishing in Mexico, in the Bahamas. Love to go look for lobster to throw on the grill with clients. That's always fun. And so really, that's when we give people a taste of just the fun things that you can do from a sailboat. Um, and then we start again all the next day. And so it really is, the courses are a great balance between intensive learning, but fun in the process. And so it's, it really is a unique way to learn how to sail. Yes. And I'm in, as you were talking in my mind, I was contrasting that with how I would learn to sail here in Ottawa, which is not by the ocean, but we, you know, we got some rivers. So, you know, a 20, 25 foot dinghy ish, maybe a small sailboat, but first there's classroom options. And then you get on a small dinghy that you're not going to stay over. It's just a few hours. Heaven's sake, you're not going to stay over there. So what you are describing sounds way more attractive and obviously a way more efficient way to learn as well, because it is so intensive for so long. And and one thing I, I can appreciate is learning to sail on a little bit of a bigger boat uh, as someone who wants to be a liveaboard and eventually sail something like, you know, 39, 42 foot boats. I don't necessarily want to. I don't have the time to upgrade my skills starting from a 20 foot little thing and, and keep going on that. So I can appreciate that, the the approach that Nautilus is taking. But I guess one of my questions is, you know, a lot of people learn to sail in different ways. You know, there are a variety of sailing courses, but also, you know, people just know a friend who knows how to sail or, you know, their their family has a boat or or something like that. So I'm curious to hear your take on why should somebody want to get certifications? Because your the Nautilus courses do result in certifications. So what would be your pitch on why to get a certification versus say learning on your own or learning with a friend or, or a family? 
We get this question a lot, Annika, right? Because obviously a sailing course is an investment of both time and money. And so folks will say, hey, well, I, my friend Bob sails. Why don't why doesn't Bob just show me the ropes and you know I'll be okay? And again, there's a lot of people that learn that way, and that can work out well. Um, it's just there. There's a lot of a lot of things to be aware of if you're going to go that route. Um, I think the, the biggest thing is when you go to learn with a friend, the friend is not systematically going through a sailing curriculum of all the things that you need to know. And so for us, when we're going through a course and we're trying to certify everyone to the standards of the American Sailing Association, we have three to four textbooks of material that we have to cover. And then we have a hundred practical skills that every person has to demonstrate before we can sign them off. So if you think about that, that's a lot of material to cover. And the only way that you can really get through all that is to have a detailed curriculum where, hey, on day one, we're covering all this. Day two, we're covering this. And so you can systematically go through. So often when you learn with a friend, they may say, hey, I can show you how to anchor, how to raise the sails, but are they really covering all the nuances and the other things around it? What we find with a lot of folks that learn from friends or are self-taught is they end up with some big gaps in their knowledge. And so often if you learn from a friend, you can have those gaps in your knowledge. So I think there's a real advantage to learning through, uh, through an institution or an organization or a company that does this for a living and has a course that they've taken lots of people through. So right now, I think Nautilus, you know, we've been around for 12 years. Um, we have about, we have over 3000 people that have graduated from our program and are sailing around the oceans of the world or chartering boats successfully. So we have a proven methodology. Your friend that's teaching you how to sail, have they ever taught anyone how to sail? Do they have a curriculum they're going through? Probably not. Um, not that you can't learn that way, but that's just, that's often happens. Um, I was thinking earlier today, a great example of this, my wife and kids and I, we live in a little uh, ski town in Colorado and we're fortunate enough to have season passes. And yesterday we went up just at the end of the day when the kids were finished with school, we went up to get a few runs into the mountain and we were strapping our skis and, and snowboards on at the base area. And right next to us, there were uh, two young guys probably in their 20s and another gal in her 20s as well. And you could tell both of the guys had snowboarded before. And this girl, bless her, it was her first time ever on skis. And as the guys rush off to the lift, one guy turns around to the girl and just yells back, oh, just remember the pizza a lot. And that was it. So here's this girl who's never been on skis. And here she is heading down towards the lift and her first time ever on a chairlift. And what does she know about learning how to ski? She's just been told pizza. What, what does that mean, right? And so again, Oftentimes when we learn with friends, we get that kind of instructions where if she had learned with a ski instructor, they'd be able to say, hey, okay, bend your knees like this. Your weight should be forward. This is what you should do with your arms. When you're going into a turn, the ski does this, the ski does that. And they can break down these complex um, concepts into something simple where people can really learn. And so that's what we see a lot when we're teaching friends, um, you know, how to sail. And that's why it's a really good idea just to go through kind of an organized course. One of the things that that is really nowadays, you mentioned insurance when we were talking earlier. The whole insurance with boats has changed dramatically in the last uh, couple of years. One of the big insurance companies went under after Hurricane Irma when thousands of boats sank in the Caribbean. So more and more, if you're going to own your own boat and you actually want insurance, the insurance companies are going to require you to have some kind of certificate or formal proof that actually 
you've done an approved sailing um, course. And so that's something that you really need to think about. If you're buying a 20 foot boat and you're not gonna have insurance, then great. Maybe your friend Bob can teach you how to sail. But if you're buying a boat that's a bigger investment and you want insurance for traveling around the world, they're gonna wanna see some kind of formal certificate. So you really have to be careful with that. And so that's why a course like this really helps um, for that too. I think too, you know, we often get people that tell us, wow, your courses are pretty expensive. We tell people, this is an investment in your journey and in your future. I, I had a, a couple of years ago, I was on the dock uh, in Mexico where we teach and uh, somebody introduced me to this gentleman and said, hey, by the way, Tim here is a sailing instructor. They do these week-long liveaboard courses. They said, you know, meet this gentleman. I forget his name. They said, he just bought a beautiful boat. And so I started talking to this guy, really neat guy in his mid-50s. And he had just bought a gorgeous 50-something foot monohull for $240,000. Beautiful boat. And he said, yeah, he said, well, I've, I've never sailed before. I, and I said, oh, interesting. I said, well, how are you going to learn? He's like, oh, I'm going to figure it out. And I said, well, you know what? There, there are better ways. I said, we actually do courses. At the time, our monohull courses, I think were about $4,000 a week. I said, you should sign up for one of our courses. You'll learn so much. It'll be a fantastic way to embark on your sailing journey. And he just looked at me. He's like, why would I spend $4,000? Like, I'll figure it out. And he walked off. And it was that thing of I, afterwards, I was just thinking of the conversation, thinking, you know what? You were able to spend $240,000 on a boat, but you don't want to spend $4,000 investing in knowing how to learn to use it. And I was telling a friend about this afterwards, and I thought, you know what? I bet this, this, this gentleman in his first year of sailing, the mistakes he's going to make alone and the boat breakages he's going to have are going to be exponentially larger than the $4,000 he would have invested. Just coming in and out of a dock. I mean, just if he hits a dock, if he's never docked his boat before, what about damages there? Ripping sails, does he know anything? You know, it's just, so the opportunity for making very expensive and costly mistakes is huge. And so that's why, again, we look at it as an investment. When folks are like, hey, your courses are expensive, why should I do that? Maybe my friend can teach me. It's an investment in your future. You're going to get an amazing foundation. You're going to learn the right way. You're not going to have the gaps and you're going to be able to start off knowing that uh, just being more confident in your own abilities. Yeah, no, that's a great answer. And yeah, certainly uh, it's an expensive way to learn on a $250,000 boat um, if you're just getting started. So that that can easily result to something way more expensive than that. And uh, yeah, I just recently did a podcast interview about insurance and yeah, basically, especially for first-time boat owners, they kind of need to have a bit of a resume to prove something that, yeah, you've you've got experience. Somebody more knowledgeable than you has taught you how to sail and you follow, you meet these internationally recognized standards. Um, so there's a certain level because, of course, if you learn with a friend, as fun as it might be, you're kind of limiting yourself to the level of a friend. You're not going to go above that. Because your friend doesn't, they can't exactly. teach you higher than that. So, <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Earlier we were chatting and then you mentioned that when you first started Nautilus Sailing 12 years ago, the people who were looking to learn to sail at that time were mostly people, say, above retirement age, and that you wanted to focus on the younger demographics. Uh, so, say, aspiring sailors in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. And I'm sure you don't exclude any age group uh, from your curriculum, but I am wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your student demographics. Like, who is Who are your students these days? Yeah, good question. And so like like you alluded to, Annika, when we first started Nautilus Sailing, at the time, 82% of all the people that learned how to sail through the American Sailing Association were over the age of 60. When we started Nautilus, we thought, you know what, I at the time I was in my 20s and 30s, I was not in that demographic. And I just had a very different set of things that I wanted to do with sailing. It was going to be my platform for adventure and discovery. And so from the beginning, our goal with Nautilus was to help introduce and bring a younger generation to sailing. And so the, the, the sweet spot where we've kind of ended up is most of our clients are about 35 to 55 years old. And that's kind of the demographic that we get. Um, and again, like you just pointed out, we, have, we sometimes get younger folks that do it. We get great folks in their 20s that will do it. And then we also get people that are on the other end of the spectrum. One of my favorite trips, I had uh, a couple that was 80 years old, learned how to sail with me in the Caribbean, went back, and within six months, they bought a 36-foot boat. And I would get messages to them from all the time, like, we're sailing, we're doing this. They were doing charters around the world. They were the most fun, energetic, amazing couple. And they were 80 years old when they learned how to sail. So again, we don't try to you know get people that are just say, hey, we only take people 35 to 55. That's kind of our sweet spot but we get people from you know all different ages that do do our courses i think too uh, just in, in terms of our demographic we're we're not a budget option annika you know there's lots if you go on a trip to hawaii say you go on vacation to hawaii when you're in your early 20s i traveled like this you can stay in a hostel with eight bunks in one room and you'll have a blast and you can definitely see it or there's times that maybe you want to stay at the four seasons or the marriott we're, our courses and our experience with our liveaboard courses is definitely more of kind of a Four Seasons or a Marriott experience. We, we have you know, folks that um, really want just an amazing experience with newer boats, best instructors in the industry, and they want the best teachers. And so that's kind of our, our, uh, our demographic. We talked about the certifications before, like how these liveaboard course does lead to a certification. So as I understand it, you'll get the ASA 101, 103, 104, which are the basic keelboats, basic coastal cruising, and bareboat charter all in one. You know, I've, I've looked into the sailing courses in Canada, in Europe. In Canada, I think there's three or four different authorizing bodies who can teach you sailing. There's the RYA, there's ASA, and there's probably something more in the U.S. So what does this mean in practice? What can I do with these ASA certifications? Good questions. Yeah. So like you said, there's a bunch of sailing um, certification organizations. You know, many countries have their own. The big ones that people know, like you pointed out, are the, the, the RYA in England. The French have, you know, the FFV, different ones like that. And each is basically just says, hey, we take students through an approved program and curriculum, and this is what they learn. These are the skills we've checked them off on. And so really, honestly, they all do a very, 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 very good job. 
Um, one of the things that makes the American Sailing Association unique is that apart from being one of the largest certification entities, they're one of the few that does these week-long liveaboard courses. And so for people that have a tighter schedule and don't have a lot of vacation time, may live further from the coast, it's a great way of getting internationally recognized sailing certification. And so charter companies around the world, whether it's Dream Yacht Charters or Moorings or Sunsail or Navigari or whoever it is, they're all just, they, they want an official certification. It doesn't matter if it's RYA or the Canadian, they, they, they really don't care. It's just proof to know that, hey, you're going to take care of their boat. You're not going to sink it on day two. You're not going to crunch it into a dock too many times. They want to make sure you have met a, a, a set of skills. And so that's one of the things that's really unique about um, the ASA sailing certifications is that it will get you to the point where you can start chartering boats internationally. And so, as you said, our courses, we have kind of two tracks. Um, some of our students want to learn on the monohulls. So you get the ASA 101, 103, 104. And then more and more these days, we have folks that are interested in catamarans. So we also offer courses on catamarans. And then in addition, people get the ASA 114, which is the... Uh, the catamaran sailing uh, certification, and so that's kind of that's kind of what the the the, the courses are about. Yeah, that's a good overview. And yeah, the, the problem that I've run into here in Canada is that the Canadian system is slightly different. So there are certain steps that you need to take. You take one course, it's five days, you get something, but that only lets you be in a boat that's up to thirty feet, and then you need ten days of experience in between before you can go on to take the next course. So where, where am I going to get this experience for 10 days of sailing with what I have now? So it, it wasn't uh, what I would call user-friendly for my situation. I'm sure it's a, it's a good and a well-proven system. It just doesn't really appeal to me because I want everything right now or preferably yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So we talked about the courses. You offer monohull, you offer catamarans. So there's obviously the the teacher, but how many people do you usually have on a course and how do you, how does that work out on, on each kind of different boat? On all of our courses, we take a maximum of four students. And just from our, our teaching experience, we've tried with more, we've tried with less. We've honestly found four students is kind of the sweet spot. A lot of our sailing competitors, you'll see boats go by and they have eight students on board. That's great if they all get along. The challenge is if you're trying to get through 100 practical skills with each student, it's hard to find the time to really give people one-on-one -on -one attention and give every get everyone through all those 100 skills. So we found four is really the sweet spot. Um, most of our most of our courses, we since the pandemic, we've done we've run a lot of private courses. People will call us up like, hey, I want to bring some friends or some family. So they'll book the entire boat and we'll teach four people, never more than four people. Uh, but also what we do is, you know, if you're a solo traveler or you want to learn on your own or you're with a spouse, we get a lot of a lot of our courses. We'll have a couple in one cabin and then two folks traveling solo. Um, and these courses bring like minded people, which is great. And usually everyone really gets along really well. But we have found that sweet spot is four people. Every once in a while, we'll do a private trip for a couple. Um, and what's what you would think it's kind of counterintuitive. You'd think you would learn more and it would be better to learn with two. Actually, we find it's better with four people on board. When there's two people, just the dynamic and all that, it can actually be more challenging as a teacher and an instructor to get people through all of the, the material. So we really like four people on board. We've kind of find that is our sweet spot for our liveaboard courses. I'm curious as someone who's hoping to do a sailing course, how can you prepare for the course? Uh, what do you tell your students? Like, what should they know? Can they just come on board and be like, I know absolutely nothing? Or do you ask them to, you know, take a look at this book or course or, or course materials or, or something? 
we get a lot of people will ask us, well, how much experience do I need to come on one of the, these courses? And the reality is nothing. Most of our students are coming into our sailing courses and they may have been on boats here and there a few times, uh, but most of them are coming in with very limited experience. And that's great. Our courses are designed to take someone from showing up on the boat the first day, like, uh, where's the boom vang? I don't know what a boom vang is to by the end of the week, they know how to use the boom vang to help control sail trim. And so we are very happy taking people from not knowing much at all to really helping them be comfortable and confident by the end of the week. That said, we, for all of the courses we send out, including the course price is the textbooks. So the ASA recently, probably in the last five, six years, they redid all of their textbooks, which was much needed. <laughs> and the new textbooks are fantastic. Updated diagrams, lots of pictures, lots of visuals. And so we send these textbooks out to people as soon as they book. And we really are hope and we try to encourage people, read through the books. It's going to give you an excellent foundation for everything you're going to learn on the boat. What sadly we find is we're all so busy <laughs> that it's hard to sit down and read through three volumes of sailing textbooks by the time you get to the course. So if you have the time, get through as much as you can. It really does make a difference. But we do have folks that are just like, hey, I was so busy. I only got through the first two books. We can still help get you through the course. You'll do fine. The other thing that we've really found is more and more just in today's day and age, people learn through videos and visually and, and in that sense far better. And so a couple of years ago, we made a really neat um, video series that we just called Sailing Basics. And we thought about, hey, what are the eight most important things that people need to know on a sailboat? So it comes down to anchoring, how to dock, how to trim your sails, how to uh, recover a man overboard. So we made these really great videos that are six to eight minutes long. Um, and we actually, those are posted for free on our YouTube channel. Just if you go to Nautilus Sailing under YouTube, you'll see that Sailing Basics video series, or you can go to our website and you can find those as well under videos. But these videos, we really encourage people, take a look at these videos so that when you, we break down the mechanics of how do you do a tack? What are the steps involved in tacking? What are the steps involved in anchoring in terms of quality of the bottom, types of anchor, how much scope to let out? So if people are watching those videos, it really helps prepare people. And then the final thing that we often tell people, of time is start watching some sailing video blogs you know there's some amazing ones out there nowadays of people that are traveling around the world in their boats and they're sailing and just by watching those i think it paints a really clear picture uh, of just what sailing can be the fact that you know what on all these channels boats break probably during the week aboard something's going to break we're going to have to embrace our inner macgyver and we're going to have to fix it you know and so i think watching some of those sailing video blogs does paint a picture for what it's like to be on a boat um, just for a week at a time. And so I think those are the things that we tell people that will really just help them pre prepare for the week with us. Yeah. And I'm glad that he uh, gave a shout out to the, um, the videos because I did watch a few of them, uh, in preparation for this chat and I was like, oh damn, these are really good. And it really gave me a visual idea of what's going on when you're trying to talk about the other aspect of preparation, and this will make you laugh, but look, winter is hard here in Canada, and I've been a couch potato for the whole winter. But uh, <laughs> is there any sort of physical um, preparation that you would recommend to do? Or do you find that students start to complain about sore arms or something in the first couple of days that takes them by surprise? Because, you know, if I'm going to do a sailing course, I want to be, you know, physically fit to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent. It's true. I mean, when you get on a sailboat, just the motions of things from like winching lines or pulling in the lines, it's often muscles that we haven't used, huh, Annika? Um, you know, we tell people, 
most of our clients are coming into this and they're fairly, um, they're in good shape, they're adventurous, they're outdoors, they're physically fit. And so usually it really isn't a problem. Again, people are tired at the end of the day because they've been winching and they're like, hey, my arm is a little sore today. Or, you know, we've had them jump the halyard, the halyard on a massive mainsail. And so they're like, wow, my, my shoulder's a little tired today. And so, you know, there's definitely, I'm sure there's exercises and things you could be doing just to kind of get ready for it. The biggest challenge we find, and this is probably applies more to some of our older clients, is balance. Um, so, you know, when you're on a boat just with a moving boat and it's healing and moving around and going forward to do things and uh, it, it, you really need a certain level of, of, of fitness, of balance in it all. And so I think with some of our older folks, we really just say, hey, really be working. If there's any exercise or activities you can do to work on your balance, that's really going to help you. And it even translates to things like one of the challenging things with balance is getting in and out of a dinghy even, right? Going from the back of a monohull or whatever, getting into the dinghy and then dinging ashore and stepping in and out and all that kind of stuff. It does take some balance. So, you know, for some of our older clients, or if you feel you're struggling with balance, that those may be some exercise that you want to try to ask about or adopt just to, to, to work on your balance so you come in prepared. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good tip. And uh, I'm going to solicit another tip from you because, you know, you're one of the teachers. So you know what what people learn and how they learn and what they find easy, what they find difficult. So is there something that, you know, a fair number of students find more challenging than maybe some of the other parts of, of the whole sailing course experience? Is there something that is, you know, is, is not as straightforward to, to a lot of people? You know, we all learn in different ways. And I, I tell my students at the beginning of the week, I say, hey, you know what, guys, there is going to be something that every single person is going to struggle with over the course of this week. Everyone's going to struggle with something. And usually, you know, I have one person who really struggles with the knots. Just, you know, you got to learn eight different knots and people are just like, I can't remember which way does the rabbit go in the tree in the hole and I can't keep it all straight. And then, you know, you know you'll have other people just like, ah, Tim, I'm struggling with sail trim with the telltales. And so they struggle with sail trim. And, you know, then somebody else is just uh, sometimes folks struggle with just the navigation side of things and just the spatial awareness and things like that. So different people can struggle with different things. I think, uh, again, practicing, like, you know, if you know you're going to struggle with the knots, <laughs> get out some lines, watch some YouTube videos and do some knot practice before just so you feel a little bit more comfortable. If you're a person that really struggles just with navigation and things like that, then you know what? We can send you guys the link to uh, download the apps that we use to navigate. Play around with that just so it really makes sense. If you're struggling with sailing, sail trim and it's just visually, you're not quite sure where the sails should be for what point of sails, then, you know, watch our videos just to, so you get a better sense of that. Uh, honestly, though, people don't need to worry about it because our instructors are so patient and all that, Annika. We, we kind of make a joke out of it like, hey, guys, everybody's going to struggle this week. It's no big deal. Um, just we'll laugh about it. Move on. We'll help you get through it. You may need a little bit more practice with knots. Great. Well, the instructor will help you with knots over a cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah, well, that's actually helpful. Maybe just go into it with a mindset that, yeah, you're going to struggle with something. It's just a matter of figuring out what is it going to be. Well, obviously, one of the key things on on a sailing course is the boat. So what do you learn to sail on? I mentioned before, the, the options here and nearby where I'm at now are pretty limited to a very small sailboat. So what is uh, Nautilus doing for the sailboats? What, what do you learn on? 
For the same reason, Annika, that you mentioned, you know, most people don't want to learn on a 20-foot boat and slowly work their way up if they want to buy a 40-foot boat, right? Why, why, why spend all your time learning on real small boats? And there's definitely some advantages to that, but we want to get people on the boats that they're realistically going to own one day or charter. And just as you said, kind of the sweet spot nowadays is 40 to 45 feet. That's kind of what everybody is going to end up sailing or owning. And so that's kind of what we focus on. So a lot of sailing schools will use older vessels and you can really reduce your overhead by having a boat that's 30 years old. We decided earlier on, you know what, we are offering a premium product here. We want people to learn on a boat that's not gonna constantly be breaking down. You don't want your sail to rip on day two. You don't want your head to break on day three. You don't want your motor to fail on day four. When you're having an amazing adventure and vacation, you want a boat that's reliable. And so to do that, we've really found that the sweet spot for us is only using boats that are within a year to two years old. And so we partner with Dream Yacht Charters, which is actually the largest charter company in the world. They have over 1,200 boats in 65 locations. And when we do trips with clients, we will only rent newer boats. And so because of that, you get a chance to experience kind of the latest and greatest boats out there. These are sexy new boats, beautiful interiors, sail great, newer, newer amenities. And so really that's kind of the focus for us on the boats that we use. Well, I also wanted to ask, you know, you have been teaching sailing and enabling others to learn for well over a decade now. And I'm curious, what does it mean to you to play such a big part in realizing many people's goal to learn to sail and and to kind of be part of their dream to, you know, either live on a boat or charter a boat or maybe even sail around the world one day? That's a, that's a big question, Annika. Um, honestly, it's hugely rewarding and I feel incredibly fortunate to be in the position um, that I'm in. And we just, you know, I, I love what I'm doing, love just the journey that we're on. And so it, it's been amazing. I think one of the things we talked a little bit about just how there's been the shift in sailing. When I started sailing, you know, I think most people thought of sailing with the perceptions that I have. And it, it's been neat to see in the last five to 10 years that fundamental shift. And I, I honestly have to give a lot of credit to the sailing video blogs out there. People like, you know, Brian and Kaza on SV Delos or, you know, um, Jason and Nikki on Gone with the Winds or Riley and Elena on Sailing La Vagabond. They have introduced millions of people that are now watching them sail around the world. And all of a sudden they're realizing, hey, this is pretty cool. We can charter boats or we can sail around the world in a boat. And so it's really been neat to see the industry undergo a fundamental change. And within that, you know, for us being able to help people embark on their journeys, has just been huge. Ah, we get so much joy out of it. And what's neat is our clients become friends and we end up doing things and other activities and events and following up. We just did a big uh, flotilla in uh, December down in Mexico. And we had six boats where folks rented and charter boats. And then we had four different groups of people that had all bought their own boats and were sailing and showed up for the event to be a part of it. And so these are guys that are sailing around the world, enjoying exploring. And we were a part of helping them embark on their journeys. And you know, to have a beer with them on their own boat and look back and say, oh, I remember when I did my sailing course with you guys two years ago, who would have thought that here I'd be on my own boat in Mexico and we're sailing south to Panama and then we're going to go across to the South Pacific. So there's something hugely rewarding in that for us. And I think the other neat thing for us is, you know, we had no idea when we first started this and started Nautilus, we thought, hey, we'll help people learn to sail and embark on their journeys. We didn't realize quite what an amazing community we were gonna help create. And so what's really truly unique about Nautilus is we have folks that learn how to sail with us and then they sail and they're like, well, 
guys, what can we do next? Where else can we go for adventures? What else can we do? So we have a really active alumni network. So every year we'll go sail in six to eight different places where we'll do flotillas around the world. And it usually ends up, you know, we're on a flotilla in Tahiti having a beer one night and everybody says, where are we going next year? And someone says, well, let's go to, let's go to Croatia next year. It's like, great, let's do it. And so we do all these flotillas with our previous students. And it's so neat to, you know, meet up with people and say, hey, last time I saw you was in Tahiti and now I'm seeing you here. And so we love that. And then the other thing that we've done is a lot of folks, once they get their certs with us, they're like, hey, we're having a great time. You know, we'll do some flotillas to keep building experience. How do we build blue water or offshore experience? You know, I, I ultimately want to buy a boat. I want to sail across the Atlantic Ocean. How do I get more offshore experience? And so a couple of years ago, we started where Nautilus would buy a boat. Uh, we buy a boat in Croatia. We would sail it all through the Mediterranean, down to the Canary Islands, cross the Atlantic, all through the Caribbean and get it wherever it needed to go. Uh, the first boat we did that with, we moved it from Croatia all the way to Mexico. And the neat thing is we basically involved alumni on every little leg moving this boat. So we had alumni helping us sail it across the Atlantic, you know, bring it through the Panama Canal and things like that. So it has just been amazing, um, more than just helping people embark on their lessons and saying, hey, it was great, best of luck. We love staying in touch with our alumni. There's this amazing group of people that we've met and people email us all the time like, hey, guess what? I finally bought my boat or here's a picture of me and my family. We're sailing, we're, we're living the dream. Thank you to Nautilus. So honestly, we just, we feel incredibly fortunate to be able to do what we do and to be able to help people just embark on their sailing journeys. And we love when people stay in touch with us and share, you know, how it's changed their lives. So often people will do our courses and they're like, that's it. I'm going home. I'm going to have a plan. You know, I'm going to sell my business a year from now and I'm going to, I'm going to go move aboard a boat. And we just, we love hearing that. So honestly, it's a real honor being able to just help people uh, embark on their journeys and just be a small part of their stories, Annika. Yeah, small but very significant. So we've we've touched on a, a few different sailing destinations here. And as we wrap this up, I wanted to get your thoughts on both as someone who teaches sailing and who's someone who obviously loves to sail uh, for yourself. So where in the world are your favorite place, places or one place to teach and to sail for yourself? And I don't know whether this is the same destination, but uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on that? Oh, I was thinking about this question earlier, Annika, and just think, oh, how do I answer that? And it was funny because I thought, you know what? It's almost like you asking me to choose which is my favorite child. I have a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old. You know how you don't you don't have a favorite, and so I, I can't choose between. Maybe some days one kid when they're acting up, I'll choose the other kid. But really, it's similar with sailing destinations, right? They each are very unique and have different things to often. I think one of the things that we've done really well is we've tried to select destinations that are my top favorite places to go on the planet to sail. That's where we actually run sailing courses. So um, I, you know, it's really tough to choose one. I think if I had to highlight for different reasons, I've been spending more and more time when I have a week off with my wife and kids. I love going to the Bahamas. The marine life is amazing there. Just the amount of fish, the sailing is beautiful. Um, in the Exuma chain where we sail, there's 365 islands. So you can easily find a little picture perfect white sand island, go paddle boarding or kite boarding, or you know, go look for lobsters or whatever it is. So I love the Bahamas right now. Um, I do joke with students when I'm in Tahiti, I, if, I think uh, I'm not a lottery guy, but if I found the winning, winning lottery ticket on the street, 
I probably would buy a really nice uh, catamaran and I think I would probably spend the first six months in Tahiti. Uh, Tahiti truly is just off the chart stunning. I love it. Just lush, beautiful mountains, jungle, waterfalls everywhere, uh, beautiful lagoons, lots of life, marine life, really good surfing, which again is a passion. Um, great kiteboarding. That's another thing I love. But I think one of the things I love about Tahiti too is just the fusion of kind of the French influence with food and then the local Polynesian the food is just out of this world. So if you're a foodie at all, just the combinations and the fresh fruit and vegetables and fish and stuff that they come with are amazing. Uh, but yeah, so I think probably right now the places that I am enjoying spending time with my wife and kids are mainly the Bahamas. One day again, I'd love to take them to Tahiti, but those are probably some of my highlights. But then again, I, you know, how do you choose? I love, I'm looking forward to the summer season in Europe. You know, the last couple of years, we haven't been able to get to Europe just because of all the pandemic and the COVID restrictions, but we're going to start uh, our courses back in Mallorca, Spain in June. And then we're starting courses in Croatia in September. And uh, I can't wait to get back to Spain and have a nice bottle of Rioja and some tapas at the end of the day, or, you know, to Croatia to anchor underneath a little medieval castle and go ashore. I mean, there's just, they're, they're all amazing places. So it, yes, sorry to not answer more fully, but it's hard to choose. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the beauty of sailing. You kind of don't have to choose as long as you can get there in a sailboat. So just go, go check it out. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, Tim, this has been very uh, educational and informational. So thank you for sharing all this information. So if anyone wants to go learn more about uh, your courses, your company, where would you direct them to go? Yeah, so the best place for that is just going to be start at our website, which is www.nautilussailing. And Nautilus is N-A-U-T-I-L-U-S. And people get confused by those two S's in the middle. There's the S on Nautilus and the S for sailing, but it is two S's, nautilussailing.com. And then from there, you can you know go visit our Instagram page. We get some great pictures and video clips there, post on Facebook as well and social. So that's a great place. But really, the website is just a wonderful place to start. And I think too, you know, if you're interested in just kind of uh, just getting your feet wet uh, in terms of some of the sailing things, check out on our YouTube channel. We have some amazing, the Sailing Basics video series. We just get rave reviews from that. It really just break that break down just into some simple components, how to learn how to sail and how to embark on your journey. And so, yeah, I think those are all great places to find us, Annika. That's excellent. And they're all great places for more inspiration. So <laughs> thanks so much. Annika, it's been a real pleasure. I hope you found value in this episode. I think Tim has now set a pretty high standard for any sailing course. I really enjoyed hearing about Tim's personal story of learning to sail and eventually starting a sailing school. I just love these stories of people reinventing themselves professionally to do more of what they're truly passionate about. Next time, we are going to the UK and we are going electric with a lovely young couple. As always, thank you for listening. I appreciate you tuning in every week. You can come find me on Facebook and Instagram as Liverboard Sailing Podcast. And I will see you next time. Bye for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.